So yeah, like Paul just said, we're going to be looking at Psalm 19 this evening. So it'd be really useful if you could have your Bibles open and looking at that. If you don't have a Bible, just stick your hand up. One of the stewards would be delighted to bring you one. And in the Pew Bibles, that's page 552, Psalm 19. I'll read that for us now. Psalm 19, for the director of music, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuits to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We're going to quickly look at this and use it to fuel our prayers to God. So this psalm teaches us about how God has shown himself to be wholly worthy of our praise. We can maybe think of lots of people as being worthy of praise, and perhaps athletes when they perform really well and maybe set a new world record, or a chef who prepares a really great meal, maybe even a rescue worker who saves lives. But none of these people are worthy of praise in the same way that God is. God reveals his praiseworthiness to us in huge and amazing ways. He shows us through creation in his design and his making of all things. He shows us even more about himself through the law, the Bible that he's given to us. It was King David who wrote this psalm, and he writes about both of those things. David then responds to these truths about God with humility by praising God. But first of all, God shows us his praiseworthiness through creation. So as we read through this first part of the psalm, we should be struck by the incredible descriptions of nature that we see. They should cause us to rejoice the thought of a loving creator who's created such a beautiful creation that we can live in and enjoy. God could have created a boring creation, you know, one that was bland and basic, but instead he creates an incredible world which declares his glory. Look with me at the contrast in verse two between day and night the day shows us all that God has made on earth. 
from green forests to high mountains and vast oceans. But the day then gives way to night, which is when we can see the stars and the sky is lit up by the hugeness of God's creation. It can be easy to forget about the stars living in the city, <laughs> but they are still there. Without stars at night, we might have thought that all of creation was just the earth and the sun. But with them, we can see that God's creation is enormous. It stretches far and wide away from us. It declares His glory. And as the day shows, shows us God's glory, so does the night. They give way to each other, both declaring God's glory in a continuous testimony of His praiseworthiness. We're drawn away from worshiping this creation, though. Look down with me at verses 5 and 6. Here, David focuses in on the sun to show us this picture of the whole. The sun is incredibly powerful. It's described here as a champion proudly running across the sky. Nothing is hidden from its light or its warmth as the sun's light touches everywhere. The sun is incredible, but it's not the focus of the praise in this psalm. The psalm tells us that the sun is running a course that has been set for it and that God has pitched a tent for the sun. The praise does not go to this burning ball of gas, but to the one who created it, the one who continues to sustain it and direct it. And the sun, along with everything else in creation, is ultimately under the control of an amazing creator. And our response to this truth should be praise. We should want to praise God that he has revealed his praiseworthiness through this creation. God reveals himself through his creation. He also reveals it through his law. God has revealed to us a beauty and depth in the law, or what we would call the Bible, and the words used to describe it from different angles here, from verses 7 to 11. There we can see that Scripture is comprehensive, it is precise, it is authoritative. It's never a burden, though. The Word of God is a great gift to us. That's because of its purpose. Its purpose is to bring God's will on the hearer. The law is there to teach us about God and then to show us what that means for us. The psalm shows us different sides of the law. Look down with me. It calls it the law, statutes, precepts, commands, fear. That's the revealed way in which we are to fear God and decrees. And it tells us about the qualities of the law. It's perfect. It's trustworthy. It's radiant. It's right. It's pure. And it is firm. These are all different aspects, but they describe the same word of God. So the passage sees the law or the Bible really differently from how we can. Rather than being boring and irrelevant, David sees that the word of God is exciting, revealing to us what God has to say. The Bible is wholly dependable and it reveals our sin, but it is also radiant and pure and it is how God communicates to us. We can see the effect on the hearer throughout when we read that verse 7, it refreshes the soul, that it makes wise the simple. And in verse 8, it gives joy to the heart and light to the eyes. The result on those who hear it is wholly positive. We are to benefit from God's word. These are great things to happen. God reveals what he wants for us in the word, in his word, but it also reveals our sinfulness and God's great mercy on his people. Now, isn't it incredible that that's the same God who created the world? 
who crafted the earth, who made the stars and the planets in the sky, he's also revealed himself to us through his word. And he's concerned with the huge things in this world, the earth, the sun, the universe. But he also cares about us and the state of our hearts and our sinfulness. It's he who gives us these commands, which are beneficial to us. They do us good to hear these. Our response, again, should be to praise him for, re for revealing his praiseworthiness through his law. So what does praising God look like at the end of the psalm? And certainly, David has praised God by calling out, you're worthy to be praised because of creation. You're worthy to be praised because of your law. But there's also a humble response required in ourselves. It's led by the truth about God. If you look with me from verse 12 till the end of the psalm, we can see how we should respond to these amazing truths about God. So first, we can reflect on our own failures. We can have an awareness of our shortcomings before God. We've all fallen short of what God demands in his word. We've all been disobedient. And we are warned here against hidden sins, things that we don't even realize now are against God. Just like the sun, which God created, goes over the whole earth and its light reveals everything, so God's word goes over our hearts and reveals all that is there. It reveals how far from God's law we are. The law reveals that this is a huge punishment, that it's a huge problem, and that it deserves punishment. As we pray, we can admit to God how much we have failed. We can reflect on that. Second, we can rely on God's forgiveness. The message of this psalm isn't to try and do better, to get up to God's standard. That is a fool's errand. It's an admittance that we can't do well enough. We need God to step in. Look with me at verse 12. When David reflects on his own sinfulness, his response isn't, Lord, help me to be better. His response is, forgive my hidden faults. He knows his only hope is to call out to God and beg for forgiveness. Some other Bible translations look at this verse as declare me innocent. It's not forgive me because of things I've done. It's just forgive me out of your mercy because I can do nothing else. Not because we deserve it, but because God is merciful. And God is able to be merciful because of what Jesus does at the cross. There, Jesus takes the punishment that we deserve for the wrong things we have done and opens up the door to us being forgiven by God. David was looking forward to Jesus. He was able to ask for forgiveness then because of what Jesus would do. We're able to ask for forgiveness now because of what Jesus has done. So this psalm is a call to rely on that forgiveness, not our own works. If you've been a Christian for years, take this as a reminder not to move away from a simple dependence on forgiveness from God. And if you're not a Christian, take this as an invitation to accept Jesus for the first time, to come to him, to say, Lord, forgive me my hidden faults, declare me innocent, I can't do anything else. That's all I've got. And it's a promise that God will accept that. He will forgive people when they ask. And thirdly, the psalm tells us that we can ask God to seek protection from sin. It, to be clear, it isn't a 
call to make us acceptable. These are the words of someone who knows that God has forgiven them, asking humbly for help in the fight against sin. As there are sins that we are aware of and the ones that we are not aware of. So there can be large things that are really shocking to people that people just can't believe you've done. But there can be small, small sins that we think are okay, that really won't matter. Um, but they're all sin. And they're all against God. They're all in equal need of being forgiven. So we need to pray and ask God to humbly help as we seek to fight sin in our own lives. So we've seen that God has revealed himself. He shows us first through his amazing creation that he is in control of all things. And second, through his word, that his law is righteous and that it is actually for our good. We can pray and praise him for both these things. They are good to praise him for because they are amazing revelations about him. They reveal to us that he is worthy of praise. And we also thought about what our response should be, that it's humble in response to God. First, we need to reflect on our own failures. Reflect on our own failures and the ways that we have fallen short of God. Second, we can rely wholly on God's forgiveness and give praise that Jesus has died so that we can draw close to God. And finally, we can seek protection from sin from God as forgiven people to live a life more acceptable to him. So as we go now into a time of prayer, we can pray through these things using the language of the psalm. <clears throat>